Yeah, you know who it is, you know what time it is. Welcome to the Shaw's Law Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Shaw, a.k.a. The Pod God, a.k.a. Harry Potter. I got the homie Real Talk Rel 8 in the building. Rel, yeah. up. What's up, y'all? Glad to be here. My first time on the pod, you know what I'm saying? We should have mended this. Um... Yo, we, uh, we're going to just talk that talk real quick. Big news, James Harden, he's in BK. We got to keep him away from the Shake Shack by the Barclays. Son, got to avoid that at all costs. Keep him out of the Shake Shack, keep him out of lust, too. They said my son James Harden was out there looking like Oswald Cobblepot. <laughs> I almost threw up. I laughed so hard. <laughs> Calling James Harden the Penguin is wild funny. Nah, that is funny. OD. Um, Rel, just let them know like what you do. Like, let them know who you are. Um, uh, man, man of many talents, <laughs> as they say now. Um, you know, um, do a little bit of everything. A little writing, a little, uh, a little music, a little, a little media, a little bit of everything. I'm a kind of a kind of a jack of all trades. I kind of got my hands in everything out here. So. So well, you were most, running an online radio joint before it was cool. Like, talk your shit. We we did have we, we we was podcasting before a lot of you niggas. It's true. Like like before it was cool, it you was guys like, really had like the setup. Yeah, like 2012. We had we had a show for a little while. Shout out to you heard radio. It was pretty fun. You know what I'm saying? We might bring it back. Stay tuned. But um, yeah, you know, just uh, basketball fans first though. That's the main thing for this pod. Basketball fan first. But more more importantly than that, like, you might kind of be, like, a pioneer because, like, you did, you heard radio, and then everybody wants to go to HBCUs now. You did sure. that before it was cool, too. I was Let I, did, I did do that. Shout out to Hampton University, 757, what up? You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the Pirates. Shout out to all my Hamptonians out there. Um, yeah. It, yo, shout out to the HBCUs, man. We got to support the HBCUs, for real. But like that's that's a real thing uh, with uh, Mikey Williams, one of the top ten recruits class of twenty twenty one, talking about he wants to go to an HBCU. Um, an HBCU. Uh, just the bowl kid. What's, what's uh, uh, Maker? What's the uh, he went to Howard? Yeah, yeah the first five star yep. at an HBCU in I want to say history. Like I'm sure there were elite guys before that, but they weren't, we didn't call them five-star players. Right. Right. Yeah, the best guy to go to, uh, to go to my school, uh, as far as the NBA name people would know is Rick Mahorn. Rick Mahorn went to, uh, went to HU. Uh, but outside of that, it's pretty slow as far as NBA players go, but that's what we need more. All right, let's get to, let's get to the big news of the day. Let's get to it. The Nets, Pulled the rabbit out the hat and reunited Harden with KD. Let, we'll get through. Let's go through the full trades. Woo. Yeah, give me the full trade. So the Rockets are going to receive Victor Oladipo, right. Dante Exum, um, Rodon's Kirkus, Kirk, three, yep. three Brooklyn first rounders, 24, 22, 24, and 26. Right. One Milwaukee, uh, twenty sec, uh, twenty twenty two, that's mm-hmm. unprotected, and four Brooklyn first round swaps. 
The Nets will receive James Harden. That's it. The Pacers will get the homie, Karis LeVert. Love Karis LeVert. Second rounder. And the Cavs receive Jared Allen and Torian Prince. What was there a lot to unpack here? Give yeah. me thoughts, and then I'll just give some quick, like, um, what do they call them? Some Cliff Notes thoughts and some stuff that I just got to get off my chest. So my first reaction when I first got the trade was, my first thought was like, I think Philly, I think Philly, uh, Philly dropped the ball. I think, I think the Rockets pushed just like a little bit too hard, and then Philly was like, we can't do all that. Like, I think the Rockets wanted to wanted Ben Simmons. Matisse Thibault and Tyrese Maxey and three first-round picks. I think they could have got two of those guys and two first-round picks, but they wanted the extra player and the extra pick, and I think that's when Philly was like, nah. But I think Philly was a – I honestly think Philly was a better fit. I don't know how the how the chemistry fit's going to work in Brooklyn. That's what I worry about, the chemistry right. fit and the defense. And I know you don't care about that. You just want niggas that can hoop. That, well, my first thought is – I always thought Miami had the illest package. I thought Miami was the illest place for him. Mm-hmm. And, like, I understand you want to put James Harden in a strip club city. You want to put him in Miami? Like, welcome to Miami, like Will Smith said? Right. <laughs> but I just figured Pat Riley would walk in there and be like, look, man, you want to go to the strip clubs? Fine. But, like, it's going to be regular. You you want to go to live? fine. It's going to be regular. It's going to be the experience you have every time you come to Miami. Right. But look here, James Harden. If you win a championship in Miami, it's a whole nother level at the club for you. That's a fact. So, so tuck that, tuck your party in a way for the next six months and you, Jimmy and Bam and whoever else we didn't give up to bring you here, <laughs> go win me another ring and it's going to get real crazy on South Beach for you. Yeah, I didn't even think about the Heat as a real. I didn't even think I didn't even think about the Heat. So you just said it as a real option. That would have been a good. That would have been a good. That would have been a good trade. I like I like getting getting like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, some other stuff back. That's a good. Kendrick Nunn. I like that deal. I thought that was the best place. Um, Brooklyn does have worries. You know, I am all about niggas that can hoop. Right. I've been watching the Nets and that defense, like they're whew, they're bad. They haven't won a game where they don't score 120 points. Right, they're bad, and now with the trade, I think they're a better team, but their defense is worse. But like, it doesn't matter. To me. Like, how many times have you had? Like, we're gonna talk about Kyrie, but talent be damned, he's a top 15 guy in the league. Yeah. How many times do you have three top 15 guys, two top seven guys, and like? it doesn't work out. Like, maybe it doesn't end in a championship, but, like, you're getting to the right. title, barring right. injuries. I, so, and that's, the, and that's the point. Because at the, in almost any series, they're going to have two of the three best players on the court at almost any time, no matter who they play. The Bucks, whether they play the Heat, whether they play the Sixers, they're going to have two of the three best players on the court at all times. The only time that's, it doesn't happen thing. is when they play teams out West. Like, and it's really the Lakers because until Paul George shows me something crazy, I there's not a scenario where I think he could be iller than Harden in a playoff game because Paul George let Paul George got flamed so bad 
that I changed my Twitter bio to Black Joe Ingles. <laughs> There's a whole highlight film on Twitter of people gaming Paul George. It's like three minutes long, and they're all playoff games. And then who else? Who flamed them last year? Oh, man, Jamal Murray ripped him a new butthole. And Jamal Murray came right back down to earth this year, but that's a separate, that's a separate point. All right, so I see that it's a lot of stuff that the Nets gave up. Three first-rounders. And then four pick swaps. And if, if you're a basketball fan, a fan, your mind should probably immediately go to, damn, the Nets did it again. And, like, that's how Boston got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Right. There's a difference. Absolutely. There is a stark difference. And, like, for you simple motherfuckers, I'll break it down illa. That's the 50 line for those that don't know. <laughs> um, Paul Pierce was washed, like, full Trash. spin cycle. Yep. KG had worse knees than my dad, who used to jump out of planes. Like, <laughs> it was quiet for them. Yeah. In the moment, I said, ugh, this is a lot. I said, man, they got, this is a lot in the moment. This isn't a lot. Have you guys met Kevin Durant? Kyrie Irving might be a little bit of a head case. I'm not even sure he's a head case, though. And then James Harden, like, tail end of his prime. This is this is not that Nets deal. This is not the Nets and Celtics deal. It's not, because you've got three top 15 players in their prime, like you said. And I think OKC's biggest thing to get with, with those four first-round picks, one, they wanted to get back all the picks they gave up in the Chris Paul trade, or in the uh, Russell Westbrook trade. The Rockets. You they, gave the up four, they gave up four first-round picks in that trade. So they wanted those four picks back. So that was, the, that was the main thing. And two, 2022, according to NBA rumors or whatever, might be the first year of the double draft where they let high school players back into the draft. Which is fly. So if that's the case, they have their pick, they have Indy's pick, and they have Houston's pick in the double draft, 2022. So... They're trying to get their draft capital back so they can really rebuild in a real way. I get it. I, I, I get it. I just think, I don't know. I would rather have Ben Simmons than two of those picks. All right. Uh, just a quick correction. It's uh, not uh, Indy's pick. It's Milwaukee's pick. Milwaukee's it came pick. from okay. Indy, but it's Milwaukee's pick. Milwaukee's pick. And that, and that matters because in Milwaukee have a better record. It'll be a worse pick. Like, barring injury, the Bucks and the Nets pick – is going to suck. Like, double draft or not, you're still going to be picking 25th or higher. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm all about draft assets. Maybe you package the 25th, the 27th, and your own pick, and you you were halfway decent, and you were 12. So you package 12, 25, and 27, and you move up to six or into the top five. So it matters, but there's a real chance that these picks suck. Like, these pick swaps, pick swaps are always cool. If I'm picking 15th and you guys are picking 28th, I'll keep my pick. But there's a, a large chance that the Nets are just going to keep their picks. In the, this year, they definitely keep their pick. I think those picks are going to pay off more so in the second half of that deal. So once you get to, like, 23, 24, that's when, okay, so now we're talking, now we're talking KD's 34, Kyrie's at least 30. Harden's 33, 34. Now we're talking about them moving to a different part of their career, possibly leaving, possibly trades, whatever. The second half of that trade package is where the benefits really kick in for, for Houston. 
Agreed. And I think that's why they're set up like this. I think that's why the Nets set them up like this. Right. Hey, you'll get our pick in 2026. The closer we are to conveying our pick, the better, because we know we're good this much longer. The further out it is, the more dangerous. Right. That's why the pick swaps go a little bit further, because I doubt in 2021 20, and 23, I don't think the Nets will be conveying the swap. I think they'll just keep their own pick. Right. Um, James Harden, Durant, and Kyrie form an interesting trio just from a stylistic play. Right. Like, let's call a spade a spade in the marketing standpoint. You guys can't see, but Jarrell has on a nice maroon and D. Like, it's like maroon and burgundy Nike sweatshirt. Let's call a spade a spade. Kyrie is the reason James Harden is no longer with Nike. James Harden wanted his own signature shoe. Nike was like, eh. And then they gave Kyrie one, and James Harden was like, he was like, Drake, I know you said it's uh, checks over stripes, but I got to get me something too. That's a fact. So that's just something to like, just keep in mind. I'm sure they're all friends, but like, yeah, you guys remember when James Harden signed with Adidas, he had like this moratorium period where the contract didn't officially kick in. Mm-hmm. So he was still allowed to wear Nikes and that's all he rocked. And Adidas was like, yo, I know it didn't kick in yet, but like as a show of good faith, could you not wear our biggest competitor? And he was just like, he was essentially telling the culture, I did this for a bag, but like Nike is always going to be flyer than Adidas. He wasn't wrong. Um, I think that matters. I think little stuff like that matters. I think there's going to be some stuff between James Harden and KD that's going to matter just based on their time in OKC. The way James Harden left OKC, I think that's going to matter. I think the biggest thing you said is style, right? Because you have James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant. The only one of those three players that can play off the ball is Kevin Durant, right? So somebody's going to have to sacrifice in some way more than everybody else. Are we? Are you telling me the best player on the team, second best player in the league, is going to be the one that has to sacrifice? And I'm going to watch you two niggas dribble for 14 seconds? No. Like, I'm not doing it if I'm KD. No, no, no. But so that's what I'm into it. It's, it's sort of... It's sort of like if if the Thunder had got to all grow up together. Okay. Like, it's very much like Kyrie is better than Westbrook. And sometimes the things that Westbrook did, even if Kyrie did them, you're going to live with them more with Kyrie just off the strength of he's such a better shooter. Right. Like some Like some of the shots Westbrook takes, you hate the shot and then it goes in and you don't hate it as much. But right. since it's Russ, it doesn't ever really go in. When you hate the shot Kyrie takes, and then it goes in, you're like, eh, it went in. What do you say? Yeah. Yeah, Kyrie has far more skills than Westbrook, but I don't know. I just – I worry about the fit. And for me, I, I'm like – I am I think I'm more than you, more of like a basketball, like traditionalist in certain ways. Like a certain shit that I just think that's just not going to change. Like defense matters, especially in the playoffs. Like if you can't guard, you're not winning the championship. If you can't guard at least to a – solid level, you're not winning a championship. You know what I'm saying? If you can't rebound at least to an adequate level in the playoffs, you're not winning the championship. So, I'm looking at them like they're going to be mad fun to watch. It's going to be games where KD, Russ, and Hart, KD, KD, Kyrie, and Harden all have 30 points. And we're going to be like, yo, what is going on? But when it slows down and you have to stop somebody, 
I don't I don't see it, man. I don't see it. All right. So something I always talk about is players getting pushed back a role. Right. Your third best defender now has to like guard Harden or Kyrie. And there's been nights where Harden, Kyrie, and KD for the majority of their careers, maybe not um, Kyrie so much. Kyrie's been like with other guys that are really, really, but for the majority of their time, like it's always the first or the second best defender. Right. Now you mean to tell me your third, how many teams have a lockdown defender? But, okay, let's take the Clippers. All right, Kawhi goes KD, Paul George goes Harden, and then Beverly goes somebody. And Pat Bev is supposed to go Kyrie. Kyrie is gonna James Brown Pat Beverly all up and down that goddamn Staples Center floor. But the difference is, if you look at the Clippers now, same thing you just said. You have Pat Bev, Paul George, Kawhi. On the back end, you got Ibaka. You got other guys coming in off the bench who can play a little defense and who who are switchable at least. Average level defenders, let's say. You know what I'm saying? But you have you can play defense as a team in a way that at least allows you to to try to slow them down. Now, what you're saying could be true. Them niggas could put up 130 points a game and it doesn't matter. It's not gonna matter if they score that much. But are they gonna get to that and stop the other team from getting to 132? You know what I'm saying? You made a point that I've been making, and I think this is actually the route for the Nets. Without having great, great individual defenders, you can still make a good team defense, and that's what Brooklyn needs to do. They need to be on a string. Like, they need to really buy into the defensive system, help the helper. Um, hey, I'm one pass away. I The film room is going to be so important because you can't have like rotational mess ups. You need to know the scouting report. This is a guy that when he's off ball, you got to stay with him. This is somebody you help off of. So, so here's the thing. Go ahead. Are Kyrie and Harden going to work that hard on defense? That's the first question. And the second question is, can Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni coach that? So that second question is, a little bit more difficult. Like, I'm not sure that that's the personnel to coach that. Right. They do have um, Udeka Abaka. Oh, crap. I'm butchering his name. He he was in the Senate. I know what you're talking about. He was in the Spurs system. I'd assume he is their defensive guy. I believe when it comes down to, like, time to win that Harden and Kyrie and Durant all are trying to kill their narratives. Harden's narrative. Yo, you don't get it done in the playoffs. Kyrie's narrative. Yo, you only have a ring because you played with LeBron. Durant's narrative. You ran to uh, the 73 and 9 Warriors after they beat you and you joined them. Your rings don't count. So, like, in a way, they're all trying, they're teaming up to defeat the media almost. Like, oh, man, this is what y'all think of me? Right. I, I need to, my legacy needs to be cemented. So I do think that they'll defend. If there's if there's buy-in, what you're saying requires buy-in. If they buy in, it can it it, it could work. There's a, I think I think right now with the trade, I I'm not I'm pretty objective. I think they're the most talented team in the NBA. Talent, like they have the most talent on their team. I still think the Lakers are the best team in the NBA, but I think the Nets are more talented than them. So I can I can uh, I can see that. 
All right, let's move on to other parts of this trade. Yeah. Let's start with, there's really levels to this shit. James Harden has been all in the news. My son, Victor Oladipo, he's at a lower level than Harden. Victor Oladipo was out there talking to other teams. Man, it looks like you're having a lot of fun over there. Can I play? Victor Oladipo, mixtape coming out next week. Yeah, it was so black in Indiana that that dude made an R&B mixtape. Multiple times. Don't try to ever sell me on Indiana as a hotbed. He didn't even want to rap. He made R and B. Right. Listen, he he had a bad joint at the time. We we can talk about that later. But go ahead. Um. So Vic is not. I kind of like Vic Wall, Christian Wood, yeah, Aaron Gordon. Like that's kind of well, yeah. right. I just like a team full of – I was talking to my group chat about this earlier. There are a team full of guys that have to prove that are trying to prove themselves. Boogie's trying to prove he's still got something left. John Wall's trying to prove he's back. Oladipo's trying to prove that he can still be Oladipo. Christian Wood's trying to prove he's worth the money. Eric Gordon's trying to prove he's not a bum. Like, they're all – they're guys that really want to play hard and are really trying to go out and show they still got something left to give. And they are a team full of those guys. So I, I like it. Just from an ethical standpoint. I do like this deal, but I'm also going to tell the Rockets that I think they got over happy. Keep Karis LeVert. Okay. They, they, I, I just think you keep Karis. And this happened uh, once with when the Suns got, had, had, they had Bledsoe, Dragic, and Isaiah Thomas. Yep. And then they moved um, Dragic and Bledsoe at the deadline. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not. Isaiah Thomas, is it Brandon Knight? They had three point Brandon. It was Brandon Knight, Eric Bledsoe, Isaiah Thomas. They were playing three point guards at one point in time. No, I think Dragic is involved too. Dragic was in Phoenix. I think Dragic was in Miami already. No, no, no. Dragic is in Phoenix. I think Brandon Knight comes back in the trade. Brandon Knight comes from the Bucks, and that's how Bledsoe got there, I believe. Okay, you could be right. I don't remember this specifically. This was like seven years ago. I'll look it up. I probably won't actually. But the point is, like they made Phoenix made all these moves, and then they they made like one move too many. And I think that that may be what happened with yeah the Rockets here. Like you made this great move, and I don't know what picks they would have lost by not moving Karis Levert. But I just think Levert is the best player that moved. Outside of uh, outside of James Harden, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, for a different reason, though, Victor Oladipo's on an expiring contract this season. He's playing on an expiring deal. So I think where I agree is the fact if Victor Oladipo's not happy, God forbid he gets hurt or whatever, Victor Oladipo could just walk. You know what I mean? And then you basically traded James Harden and Karis LeVert for four picks and four swaps. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. The risky, so the Rockets, you really have faith that you can re-sign Oladipo. That's what you're banking on. Um, and that's the risk. I would have kept LeVert just for that reason. LeVert has two or three more years left on his deal. I would have kept him as a younger, better player at this point. Um, it's Ted Harden. I really like the Pacers. So if we're going to talk about the Pacers next, let's get to it. I love the Pacers. Okay, then we can just jump to, um, real quick, I did look that up. Um Bledsoe was sent to Milwaukee from the Suns, and uh, Jesus Christ. 
Suns basically have Marquise Chris, a couple of non-lottery talents, and a year of Monroe for Isaiah Thomas, Goran Dragic, and Bledsoe. So they okay. traded Thomas, Dragic, and Bledsoe At all the same that time. time. Gotcha. Uh, all, yes. And then they drafted Devin Booker the next season. Okay. Okay. Um, so how, how do you feel about Indiana? Because I'm, I'm, I'm big on Indiana before this trade. I'm higher on them now because Victor Oladipo still thought it was his team and it's Sabonis' team. I don't think Karis LeVert's coming in with that attitude. So I want to know how you – Malcolm Brogdon is nice. Nice, nice. Karis LeVert is nice. Sabonis is nice. TJ Warren being out hurts them, but I really like Indiana, what they're doing. So Karis LeVert is coming in, in my mind, not to replace Oladipo, actually, but to replace TJ Warren. Like, TJ Warren is a bucket, is a bucket, is a bucket. And Indiana lost that when he got hurt. Karis LeVert is going to put numbers on the board. Yeah. Like, from an offensive scoring standpoint, I imagine when he walks into Indiana tomorrow, he looks around the locker room and he goes, look, look, I'm the captain now. <laughs> like, I imagine he's going to walk in and put his dick on the table and say, look, yeah. I'm here to score. You guys do everything that y'all usually do, but mm-hmm. no, when it comes time to get a bucket and you want shot creation, yo. Karis is here, baby. And that's all they need from him. That's all they need him to be, is that guy to talk about. Give me 22 to 25 a game, shoot in the high 30s percent from three, don't miss too, don't miss too many wide-open shots, and we'll feature the ball, let you score. We can run the team. But that's what they need him for. They need him to put the ball in the hole. That's it. I really like this deal for Indiana. Like they you got, got two second-round picks back, which helped, yep. You got rid of disgruntled Victor Oladipo. Yep. I feel like you brought in a better player, in my opinion. Right now, definitely. He's not a better player. He fits the team more. Like, you got rid of a yeah. dude who's in a bad mood. And this dude just, Karis just wants to hoop. Hoop, right. Him, Brogdon, the holidays, Sabonis, Turner. I, 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 think, uh, I think the Pacers get an A-plus out of this deal. Yeah, I agree. The Pacers got the best player, the best non-Harden player in the deal. They they didn't they gave up they gave up none of their own picks and they got two seconds back. They they I think they they outside of Houston, if all people stays, they made out the best. Outside of Brooklyn and Houston. All right. Um the Cavs. The Cavs gotta trade three of those guys. We can talk about them quick. The Cavs have Jerry Allen, Kevin Love, JaVel McGee. Andre Drummond, and Larry Nance. Two to three of them got to go. All right, so I'm telling you one dude who's not going. I'll, I'll tell you two dudes who are not going off the rip. Jared Allen's not going. And neither is um, Larry Nance Jr. Okay. He's a Cleveland kid. He's like a great locker room guy. They love him there. And he can play. Yeah, like he's he's so good that when I did my Cavs preseason pod with uh, my son Justin Matcham, what up, Just? Um... We were, I asked, is he a team that contenders are going to go after, or contenders going to go after him? And he was like, they will, but they won't get any headway unless they blow the Cavs out of the water. Right. Because, like, he's from Cleveland. His pops played there. He's a high-level role player. He doesn't rock the boat. He's a professional. Yep. So Jared Allen and him are cool. 
Kevin Love is making a lot of money. Drummond expires at the end of this year. Drummond's so they might just player. wait him out. Mm-hmm. What's McGee on? A one-year, a two-year deal? I think he's on a one-year. I would keep him, though. He's a good... See, that's the thing. When you have young teams, and I, one of the podcasts that they talk about a lot, young teams like the Cavs, um, like Detroit, like other teams like that, it's very important that, that young teams learn how to win. Or more important, learn how not to be losers. You know what I mean? JaVel McGee's been in a lot of really successful teams. You know what I mean? So you don't, you help, he helps those young guys just not develop terrible habits. Not get used to losing. Not get used to playing terrible. He doesn't have to score. It's more so him as Africa as a locker room guy. And him being on a guy who plays for good teams. See, I completely disagree with that. Not that it's important. Like, everything you said is important. Right. I just don't think JaVale McGee is that guy. I think he was a goofball his whole career. And then he got with two organizations. Well, three organizations. He got with the Warriors, who were able to, like, the infrastructure kind of kept him calm. Like, Mm -hmm. he did goofy stuff, but it it doesn't matter because... We're so good, and, like, it's relatively tame, goofy stuff. And then he got with the Lakers, and then he got with the 31st franchise of the NBA, which is the most important thing. He got with LeBron. Right. Like, LeBron allows him to do all that stuff. Like, Dwight Howard is a future Hall of Famer, and everybody says that this guy is a grade-A goofball. He got with the 31st franchise, LeBron, none of that goofiness. Right. So, I, so I, I agree with you. I don't think he's that guy as a, as a player. I'm more so just talking about his experience. He's been on he's been Kevin a, Love. He's been a great, but Kevin Love, I don't, I don't know. Javel McGee's been a, been been on more good been on more good to great teams than Kevin Love. I would say. Let's put it like that. Yeah, but Kevin right. Love played a bigger role on the, his couple great teams. Like he's been to the finals multiple times. And he's actually won a ring. And I just think we got to get rid of those guys, mainly because Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are starting to pop. And then have you seen Isaac Okoro just running around, dunking and blocking stuff? And he's, he's built. He's got the shanks, too. He will put you on the clamps. What do we used to say? Straight to the oblique. Right to the elite. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not collect uh, $200. So, like, you have those three. I know Kevin Porter did some goofball shit this summer. That's really my guy. I still think if he pops, it gets really dangerous in Cleveland. And now you add Jared Allen. So, like, get rid of Drummond just so you can start the youth movement. Right. Now, I agree. Drummond's... Drummond at the end of the season is gone no matter what happens. At the end of the season, he'll be gone either way. Whether whether they trade him before the deadline or whether they just let his time expire if they're not going to the playoffs, whether they just let him expire out till June, he's he'll be gone. JaVel McGee also will probably be gone. He's on a one-year deal. Kevin Love's going to be the tough one to trade. He's got two years left. He's making a lot of money. All right. I want to pitch you something, and... Oh, man, how do I go about this? All right, so Harden and KD are back together. Okay. I've had a theory, and I've had it probably since the first Warriors championship, that 
that OKC Thunder team was supposed to be the Thunder. I uh, was supposed to be the Warriors before the Thunder. It's Russ, Harden, KD, Jeff Green, and Ibaka. We play them, and it's it's fake small ball. Like Durant is seven foot, Jeff Green is six nine, Ibaka is six ten, six eleven. It's fake small ball. Right. James Harden six five. Russell Westbrook is the. Russell Westbrook's 6'3", but he's in the conversation for most athletic point guard ever. They could have played fake small ball and right. been the Warriors. Their issue was that it's a copycat league, and the Lakers had Andrew Bynum and Pau Gasol and Lamar Odom, and they were like, we need to be big to beat these guys, so we're going to keep Mbaka and we'll move Harden, and we won't amnesty Perkins. If they just amnesty Perkins and – believe in their development team they that is going to turn yep. into the jump shooter he eventually turned into yep. and that Jeff Green is who Jeff Green always was. If Jeff Green is your fifth best player, a young Jeff Green, that's why. He's just yep. built to be a fifth guy and like there's, there's right. been times where he's been pigeonholed in as a second and a third yeah. and that's not him. Fifth option Jeff Green? So am I wild for this theory that they were supposed to be the Warriors before the Warriors? No. And I think the reason I think the reason you you kind of feel that way too, not only because of the play style, but because of how they built the team. They built the team through the draft organically. They drafted Durant. They drafted Westbrook Harden, Jeff Green, Ibaka. They drafted that team. Just the Warriors drafted Clay and Draymond and all their guys. They drafted that team. The difference of why I don't think it would have ever happened. Is because you have is it's just the difference between Curry and Westbrook. That's as much difference as you need. Steph Curry is probably the best off the ball point guard ever. Steph Curry is so great off the ball, and he has so much gravity because he shoots so well. You have to guard him everywhere with or without the ball. Russ was never going to be that level of shooter. Russ was never going to be that level of cutter or a screener or moving up the ball. So. I don't think with Russ at the, as the as the third player in that, it couldn't have been. The reason it worked in Golden State with Durant is because Clay doesn't need the ball, Durant doesn't need the ball, Steph doesn't need the ball, Draymond gets everybody in position, and we just go. IQ crazy. Russ's IQ has never been great. Harden's IQ is okay, at, above average, but not tremendous. Katie's IQ is through the roof. But I don't know. I don't think. I don't think. Harden and Russ are those type of players to make that work. So my thought is you said something that I've said about Steph, that Steph is the easiest superstar of all time to play with. And I think that's the point you're making. Like, like Steph's ability to, he's just so egoless that it sort of works with whoever you put around him. Right. It's even like a skill too. Like Steph Curry is a great screener. How many point guards are great screeners? You know what I'm saying? Like, the movement, the screens, just the way that he works and thinks, the, thinks through the game, it's, yeah, it, what, what, you're saying is, what you're saying falls into that, too. All right. Let's talk Kyrie. I, we may disagree on this, and that's fine. I'd assume we are going to disagree on this, actually. <laughs> so I will... I'll set it up for those that don't know. Kyrie has taken a 
leave of absence for personal reasons, and that's as much as he gave us. I have some thoughts on that, but I'll let you talk first, and then I'll give my thoughts. No, tell me what you think, because you said something the other day on Twitter that I thought was uh, was funny, but go ahead. Um, first of all, he took it for personal. I don't know what I said, so. You said on Twitter, it's like, you said something like, Kyrie's one of them guys, or Kyrie's like, you ever just have a bad day at work and you just don't feel like going to work? Oh, oh this, I strongly believe, like, Sometimes you just get fed up with your job and you're like, yo, fuck that job. I don't care. And at the end of the day, the NBA is still his job. Yeah. And maybe like maybe you guys don't feel that. But like as somebody who's been mad at my job and been in the head up with them and sitting in meetings like, oh, this is how y'all going to try and do me? Mm-mm, not me. I've been there. So I just... Let's, I can't believe... I can't believe I let y'all motherfuckers turn me into the Kyrie Irving apologist. So do it. Do it. Let me do it. First of all, let's start with he lost his mom at a young age. Uh, We're going all the way back to this. No, no, but this matters in this context. He lost his mom at a young age. Remember, he did that long, sappy commercial when he first got to Boston, him and his pops playing one on one. I want to wear number. He tried out for the Celtics and he wore number 11. And I want to wear it here, and so nobody else can wear it after. Long, sappy, but, like, it is what it is. Like, I thought it was genuine and heartfelt. So his dad raised him and his sister. It's his sister's birthday. It's his dad's birthday this weekend. He talked about when he was in Boston how his grandfather passed away and missing that and not, like, being around for that really bothered him. Now we're in the midst of a global pandemic. Kyrie has made it perfectly clear that there are things in his world that are bigger than basketball. He's the vice president of the NBA Players Association. And he said, yo, I don't, I didn't want the league to come back to the bubble. Like he stood on his own two with that. Nobody backed him and he never backed down. So it's their birthday. He wants to be with them and he wants to be with them like un filtered like I I need some time with my family it's a global pandemic I don't know when I'm going to see them again or what could happen so he just I'm taking some personal time and I do think he told the Nets more than what the Nets have told the media okay so I think that Kyrie said look I'm taking some personal time to be with my family but I don't fuck with the media so Steve and everybody in that front office, don't tell them what I'm doing. I don't care what you say. You can say, yo, Kyrie hasn't told us. We don't know where he is. But what you're not going to do is tell them what I'm doing because that will break our relationship. And I think that that's a viable possibility because last Saturday, the Sixers couldn't get... They they had seven players. Instead of being the 76ers, they were the seven Sixers. (laughs) Right. And... Ben Simmons was like a late scratch and the league fined the Sixers because they were like, you didn't define his injury. You didn't give us enough time, enough heads up. The league fined the Sixers 25 grand for that. Kyrie missed all of last week and did not get a fine, but there was no, he's injured. There was no nothing. I think the reason that he didn't get a fine is because one, 
He told the Nets, yo, this is what's going on. Don't say shit to the media because fuck them. And the Nets were like, okay, and we'll relay it to the league. So the league knew. All right, so let me ask you one question. Since Sorry. you're the cardiologist today. Where's the line? At what, at what point is it like, all right, come on, like, you, like, like you're doing a lot. Like, Can I tell you where the line is? Yeah. The second COVID clears up or the league stops having all these outbreaks, that's where the line is. So, right- so he could do this for another two, three months, and it's just like, well, you got to understand. No, but he can do this as long as the league has to keep postponing games, and that's like a black eye on the league. The league would much rather me and you sit here and talk about Kyrie Irving for 25 minutes and Sports Center and NBA TV and TNT talk about Kyrie and what is this guy doing than, damn, the league postponed another game tonight. They postponed two yesterday. They right. postponed, they're, they're postponing games. Do they not have COVID under control? You want to talk about Kyrie? You think Adam Silver wants them to talk about Kyrie Irving or about how Adam Silver doesn't have COVID under control? Right now, he's the big storyline, and Adam Silver is using him as a bulletproof vest. Come here, Kyrie. Take all these shots. No, tell him the earth is flat. The second COVID clears up and, like, the league has a COVID plan, oh, they're going to tap Kyrie's ass. All right. Um, so I don't want to say I disagree because that's that man's business. That's his family. I really can't disagree. You know what I'm saying? Also, we don't know anything, so it's really nothing for me to disagree with. What I'll say is this. Part of what makes this challenging for me, and I'm putting myself, not, not in terms of a fan, but I'm putting myself in, in, the, in the point of, and we both played ball growing up, so I'm putting myself in the point of, let's say I'm one of Kyrie's teammates. You know what I'm saying? Katie's coming back off Achilles. We just today traded for James Harden. Kyrie's come back off a couple injuries as well, knee surgery, whatever. We're trying to win around here. We got a new coach that's never coached on any level. We're in one of the newer NBA franchises because the Nets were in Jersey up until 2014. You know what I'm saying? How, are, how do I, as a teammate who's here trying to come in every day, I barely play. I'm not a star. I'm not getting the big money. I'm not getting the endorsement deals. I'm not getting commercials. I'm making 1.5 mil a year. Kyrie's making 33. But I'm here. I'm trying to help our team push this toward this goal. Up before today, you're supposed to be the second best player on our team. You know what I'm saying? KD is here because you're here. You know what I'm saying? And you're gone from the team for whatever. We don't know, we don't know why. And maybe they know why, but we as just the general population don't know why. You're just gone from the team. And we're still, right now they're playing a game, and we're still in the trenches doing the COVID protocols, doing what we got to do, taking the precautions, and you're home just because you don't, it's, you can't, can't deal with, for whatever reason, whatever's going on. You know what I'm saying? So how do, how do I feel if I'm that guy? I follow my leader's lead. Kevin Durant's the leader. Um, Chuck, uh, game one of the season – uh, the Nets win. They win big. They have a post-game interview. It's at NBA on TNT. Chuck, Barkley, Kenny, the TNT crew, mm-hmm. um, they, they, they were getting their jokes off on Kyrie. Right. Um, cut like earlier in the week about something or another. You know what Kevin Durant did? 
gave them the driest post-game interview in the history of post-game interviews. Short answers. He he set the tone. Look, y'all not going to talk shit about my guy. I'm riding out with Kyrie. And so far, that is all he has done. Right. So if I'm the 12th man on the bench, I follow my leader. Yo, KD knows what's up, or maybe we know what's up in the locker room. Or KD doesn't know what's up, but he's saying, this is my brother, and he's going through something. I'm riding with him. Well, then if it's a brotherhood, and my man says, yo, just trust me, he'll be back, or he's really dealing with this, he needs this time, then you just ride out. Like, that's that. Okay, so let me ask, let me ask another question. And I, I agree to an extent with that. My only, my only retort to that would be, so no one's going to hold this guy accountable. So, so I'm here, I got to do all this stuff, and Kyrie can do whatever. That'd be my only retort, because we've seen that mess up teams. We saw it with the Clippers last season. Paul George and Kawhi can do whatever they want. Everybody else is like, yo, like, I understand they're like, those are the guys, but like, you know what I'm saying? So we've seen that affect teams. But my, my second thing was going to be, let's say Harden comes in, because we know Kyrie's going to miss at least another three to four games, about another week, they said, right, at minimum. Well, let's say Harden comes in this weekend. Harden and, Harden and KD got it, click it. So now Kyrie comes, let's say two weeks from now, Kyrie comes back. We know Kyrie's a little bit of a weird nigga, and we know Kyrie's kind of a head case sometimes too. And he's super egotistical sometimes. So Harden and Durant got it clicking. And now Kyrie shows up like, ha I'm back, y'all. And they're like, all right, stand over there and shoot the ball when we pass it to you. Like, we're on a four-game winning streak. We got it clicking right now. You know what I'm saying? How does that go over? How does that affect the rest of their season? <laughs> All right, so first of all, this made me think of a LeBron story. So Kyrie's dealing with whatever. Well, like, what if, like, all of a sudden he was like, wait, wait, we just got James Harden? Nah, it's all good. Personal issues resolved. I'm back, baby. That's crazy. But it makes me think of this LeBron story. So in 2016, the Cavs trade for... Uh, Timothy Mozgov at the deadline, right? Brian yeah. Winhurst told this story. Yep. And LeBron is like, damn, we just don't have the pieces to win. Like, he's like sort of sad and sulking. Like, the trade didn't really move him one way or another, right? Mm -hmm. And he walks into the hotel or wherever they're staying, and Mozgov is there sitting down. And Mozgov stands up. And, like, Winhurst is like, and all of a sudden, LeBron's body language changes. Like, LeBron's no longer sl slouching. He's standing up. Just off, like, the eye test and seeing how physically big Mozgov was, LeBron was like, oh, all right, Kobe Altman, you did all right. And, like, that's what I think of when Kyrie's like, yeah, man, I got a lot of stuff going on in my personal life. Is that a Woj bomb? Oh, we got James Harden? You, Steve, I'm back. <laughs> See, now, now for me, even though that's bad funny, I'm looking. If I see that tweet, like Kyrie, if I see a tweet tomorrow, Kyrie Irving has reported to practice. I'm throwing my phone across the room. I'm throwing my phone across the room because that's that's weird. Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know, man. This nigga is a savant with the basketball, but he is a weird guy. He is a weird guy. I don't know. I just, and again, I don't know why he's not there. So all we can do is speculate. 
All and, I was, yes. and I'm making a joke. Like, I, I think there's something, like, really bothering him. And, like, if it is a mental health issue, I wish he would release a three-word statement to the media. Suck my dick. Like, if mental health is what's bothering him, he doesn't have to divulge that to us. Like, I know Kevin Love wrote a real cute article in the Players' Tribune about, like, what he was dealing with. Right. Yo, that's his prerogative. Go ahead. Write whatever you want and divulge what you want. Right. But if it is some mental health stuff, that doesn't mean I want to tell you that, especially because Kyrie Irving is a black man and mental health within the black community is a very... It, it's becoming more widely accepted, but for guys our age, and Kyrie is about our age, yeah. it was a very taboo thing. You you want to see a counselor? What? What kind of weird nigga are you? So I wish he would, like, if it is, like, some real mental health stuff, and he wanted to be around family, and he's severely depressed and going out for his sister and dad's birthday... Um, helped get him out of that funk. I hope he releases a three-word statement. Hey, yo, bitch, suck my dick. Listen, honestly, as, as long as... I mean, you know me, if he's... However he feels, if he's going to stand on that, so be it. If he's going to stand on whatever he feels, cool. Until we know what's going on, we, have, we as media fans have a right to speculate and to get these jokes off. But... That is a fact. We, but if you're going to stand on how he feels, that's how it feels. I just don't think now the Rockets the, already had one of the biggest spotlights on them this season in the league after the Lakers probably. It just got bigger. It just got bigger. You already don't like the media. You already don't like the whatever. Now, now and you're in New York City? Come on, man. Come on, man. Now the media, now we're here is the media. And I always just think about it as, from the perspective of his teammates and his coaches who are in there every day put, trying to put in work until he decides he wants to play basketball. Like, I don't know. Um, like, he's... Uh, it's so tough because, like, I want to support him. And at the end of the day, it's work. And I get that he makes a lot of money. I, I very much understand that. Right. But I need it to be crystal clear to you guys. Some of the reason that Kyrie can do this is because he works in, in, in a job, in a field, where there's only 450 jobs. Right. And of those 450 jobs, he's one of the 15 best at his job. Yeah. So you, can't, you can't do this if you're not nice. No, you can't do this in your regular job. So, like... People are like, well, I can't no-call, no-show my job. One, we don't know if he no-called, no-showed. He might have gave a bad reason or a very vague reason to why he's not there, but right. they knew he wasn't coming. And two, please stop comparing. Like, athletes are essentially Fortune 500 companies. There's, like, every athlete is a Fortune 500 company. You're a million-dollar corporation. You, okay. your body, your brand. Right. Me? Um, house manager for cerebral palsy. I, I'm not that. Right. They can replace me in a minute. Right. Um, you, the manager at Stewart's, they can replace you in a minute. So don't. What did uh, What did Eminem tell Jai? 
Don't compare us. We're better off just left alone. Just so, just so y'all know real quick, I'm trying to tell you I'm the manager of Stewart's. I'm not that. So just so Right. No, I see what you're saying. I was just naming another job. I almost did go at your real job, but then I <laughs> want you to feel like I was like taking personal shots. <laughs> but uh, last last thing on Kyrie. This is the last question I want to ask you about Kyrie. Um, do you think there's any chance, either before the deadline or this summer, that he gets traded? No. No. Okay. Like, that's Durant's man. Like, him and Durant are so fly. I just don't see... And then, okay. like... All, what, all I say about that is we've heard, we've heard this before, but... I, I think there's a chance. But you've heard that with who? We heard that with Russ and Harden. We heard yeah, it with... Those, those dudes didn't choose to be traded. Like, the Rockets or the Thunder no, traded Harden. Harden was like, yo, I want Russ here. <laughs> okay, oh, we're talking did. last year. Yeah. No, Harden was like, I want Russ here. And then a year later, all that Brody stuff was over with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... I, I'm just saying we've seen it before recently, but I think there's a chance. I don't. I don't think it's a huge chance. I'd say 25, percent 30, percent but I just think there's a chance that it. Because if you're Brooklyn, you understand what's going on. But how long can you let this be a distraction to what you have to do on the basketball court? Well, the, it will, if it's going to go on for if this if this him not playing continues, right? Like I. It would be a distraction for anybody. If he doesn't want to play basketball, he doesn't want to play basketball. So I don't think anybody would trade for him. Right. Um, can I just bring something up really quickly? Go ahead. So um, I got some pushback from some of like my older friends on basketball. And, yo, I hate the way the league is run. I hate that the players request trades when they sign contracts. Bro, when I tell you that there is nothing... And I mean nothing in sports that pisses me off more than that take. So let's say say the take again. Oh my God, the players are such babies. You signed a contract. You need to play through your contract. Oh, forget that. The team will. The team will. uh, Listen, anybody out there who wants a job, anybody who's ever had a job working for any size company, a job will do you filthy in a second. So if you get a, if you if you can go work with your mans, go work with your mans. If you can make it happen, make it happen. Now I think there should be some loyalty and culpability to the to the dudes that you play with. I think there I think you do owe something to them in a way, but to the team, what team? All right, wait. Can I read you something real quick? Go ahead. All right. This is the trade we talked about earlier in the podcast. Right. James Harden wanted a trade. Yes. Victor Oladipo wanted a trade. Yes? Yep. That's two dudes that wanted a trade. Right. Dante Exum did not ask for a trade. Um, Rodens Kirkos did not ask for a trade. Karis LeVert did not ask for a trade. Jared Allen did not ask for a trade. Torian Prince did not ask for a trade. So right. two dudes asked for a trade. Seven players got traded. Five dudes didn't ask to be traded, right. but they just have to wear it because it's a business. And, like, that's all I want to say. So just miss me with, oh, my God, you signed a contract. 
you should play it out. Karis LeVert signed a contract with the Nets. Why the fuck is he in Indiana now? Right. Because it's a business. So why, when it's 30 white owners and and all of a sudden it's a business, but when it's like young black guys trying to empower themselves, it's, oh man, these kids are so entitled. Yeah, I, you, I'm not jacking it. I'm not jacking it. And listen, if sometimes, sometimes players got to wear it. It happens. But sometimes these owners are going to have to wear it too. And that happens. That Put happens it on just your head like a hat. Wear it. Try it. that on. It, it's it's going to happen. Only other thing I want to say, um, I want to ask you a couple of quick questions, like three quick questions. Go ahead. One, do you have the Nets? Who's going to be the biggest challenge to the Nets coming out of the East, in your opinion? And what does that series look like? Um, the biggest challenge to the Nets is, first, allow me to get this off. I hope they sweep Giannis in them. And the and the whole time James Harden talking his shit like, hey, you ain't want you ain't want me to be on your team, right, bitch ass nigga? Go home, swept again. So there's that. Okay. Um. Second of all, I think it's the Celtics for me, but like I'm like super high on the Jason Tatum Kool Aid. Wow, that's a that's a that's a pick I was not expecting. But you 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 are you are really up there on Tatum. Tatum Brown. Yeah. Tatum Brown, smart, like. Those are the matchups. Like, they match up in a way to guard them. Um, Tatum and Durant, very fun. If Smart and Kyrie, very fun. Brown and Harden. Back, if you can get Kemba back healthy, Kemba can give you – Kemba's not Kyrie, so don't get it twisted. But Kemba can probably give you 85% of Kyrie. And if Kemba's giving you 85% of offensive Kyrie, yeah. and then Kyrie's being guarded by Marcus Smart on the other end – yeah. Tristan Thompson and DeAndre Jordan, like, there's just a lot of matchups I like there. Like, that is okay. a series I'm very excited to see. Interesting. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think you would have picked them. That's interesting. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Second question: If should the Nets make the finals, I think we all think they're going to play the Lakers because the Lakers are just they're steamrolling through the league right now. And LeBron, LeBron's only playing like eighty percent too, which is crazy. But thirty-two minutes a game, a career low. Everybody's dead. Yeah, and LeBron's playing like eighty percent effort. He's not Everyone's really. Everyone's dead. Yeah. How do you think that series plays out? And how many games does that go? I hope we get a full seven. Um. Man, that eighty's rough. That that's, man, that that package that is rough. the biggest X factor in the NBA to me. Is who's gonna guard Anthony Davis? That package is rough, man. It's it's a long night. It's a long night for KD. It's a long night for DeAndre. It's a long night for whoever they send over there. It's tough. Like, and I think Durant could be the second best player, but like, I feel like it is a lot to ask. It, it's really gonna pretend on depend on how Harden and Kyrie gel. And, like, if both of them can be the second and third best player or if they can be the um, fourth and fifth best player by a way larger margin than anybody that the Lakers can right. have step up. Right. Because KD's going to have to play toe-to-toe with LeBron, right? We know that. Yeah. Can Harden and Kyrie, to combine, outplay Anthony Davis in that series? That's and then what, it's like, that's but then, like, They've gotten so much better. Like, Dennis Schroeder is good. Outside of Kyrie, 
Dennis Schroeder is one of like the first LeBron point guards I've ever watched and been thinking he's not scared of playing with LeBron. Like Yo, Dennis Schroeder just like Mario Chalmers. No, no, he was scared, but like he he was like trying to fight his fears. Right. But like Schroeder just does stuff like I always feel like LeBron teammates are like waiting for his approval and like Schroeder's just like no, I'm going to go and like if he likes it, cool. If he doesn't like it, whatever, we'll talk it out. That's what happens when you play with Chris Paul. You play with Chris Paul for a year, your confidence is going to go up. That that's a fact. Point God. Yeah, right. But um I agree. I so who, so how many games does it go? Who wins? If you had to call it now, let's just say Everybody healthy? Lakers for six. I had the same. I had the same. Only because, man, Anthony Davis is is he's tough. Like like LeBron is great and it, yeah. it's greatness, but like there's never been a better partner for LeBron. Like this is the perfect partner for him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think on another part we're gonna have to have a conversation about. Some LeBron apologies too, because everybody blames LeBron for all the super team stuff. It's it's gone to a different level. Like it's it's gone someplace else. He can still be the pioneer of it. Uh, I, I don't even know if I agree with that. But anyway, we'll say that for another we'll say that for another pod. But, Yo, this has been the Shaw's Law Podcast. Thank last thing you I want to say, home. real quick. Oh, just go ahead. Know, never forget. <laughs> never forget. Ricky Davis thought the Cavs drafted LeBron to help him. <laughs> Yo, that is Real Talk Rel 8. That's yeah. the homie. Give him a follow on Twitter. You got anything else you want to plug? You writing anything? Um, no, nothing Nothing coming um, Coming media-wise. Um, just just keep your eyes on me. I'm going to start trying to do more, more basketball-related stuff. Um, follow me and Rob on Clubhouse, though. We, we be in the basketball rooms heavy. Oh, that is a fact. Follow us on Clubhouse, you know what I'm saying? If you don't know what you're talking about, stay in the audience. <laughs> Learn something. Right. Yo, this has been the Shaw's Law Podcast. Thank you to the homie Real Talk Rel for pulling up and breaking down this blockbuster trade and Kyrie and reminding us, like, y'all know what time it is with Ricky Davis. Like, you knew who he was. Y'all knew his body. Yo, I'm the pod god, a.k.a. Harry Potter. This has been the Shaw's Law Podcast. Catch y'all later.